Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Group on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSports.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 501. That's right. We're into the second half of all the podcasts. Anyhow, I don't know what the hell's going on, so let's find out what's going on. Ah, there's a problem. Stop that. Blog Talk's telling me there's a problem. I'm trying to fuck off. Okay. Anyhow, um, what's going on in the world of sports? I don't know. How the hell ever, everybody... This is Christopher Jones. I'm the host of this uh, ridiculous and crazy show, and we've been going on this thing for seven years now. Uh, so we're going to keep going and see what happens and uh, everything else. we got a bunch of people here online, and i got nothing really to rant about. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Garrett Marino because he's the dick of the century right now. And uh, we'll go on and talk about a bunch of other things in football. We just went through the Labor Day classics, the Labor Day games, uh, both, uh, well, one side of it anyhow, with the back half coming up this next week, except for Toronto and Hamilton. They've kind of played way too many games already together. It's kind of weird. This is seriously a fucked-up schedule season. I don't know about you guys. BC Lions have just had three buys. Winnipeg just had their first. What's going on there? This is, doesn't make sense. Toronto and Hamilton have played like 400 games together this year, and uh, and that's why they're they're they, one of them's at 500 because they keep beating each other up. It's 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 so weird what's going on this year. It's not fair um, to to the a lot of the teams, but uh, what the hell? We'll just carry on and, and see what's going on, and uh, because that's what we're going to do. Uh, so I'm going to open up the mics right now because I really don't have too much to rant about, and there's not much going on, and it's just like, hell. I want to I want to talk about Garrett Marino. This is going to be so much fun talking about riders. Um, okay, so I got all the mics open. Uh, Will Mac McDonald, how are you tonight, buddy? I am just absolutely fabulous. <laughs> Only because peachy, eh? why? Why am I? Why am I fabulous? Hmm, good question. Why am I fabulous? Because you get to talk football with us. I guess, I guess that's part of it. Um, the disgustingly awful Calgary St. Peters are still winning football games. I guess that might be why I'm happy. I don't know why they're still winning football well, games. You, but You're supposed to be I mean, Switzerland now. Well, I am, but I'm you, talking you, about Calgary right now. You told us you were going to be Switzerland. Yeah, I am, but okay. I'm talking about Calgary right now, and Calgary's not a very good football right. team. Just like, just like the eight, or just like the eight other, or sorry, seven other teams in the CFL. There's only one decent team in the CFL this year, and that's Winnipeg. Sorry. Well, I don't know. BC is still eight and two. Eight and two. Yeah, but yeah, they're eight and two. But uh, wait, that's all I'm going to say is wait. Well, so, yeah, I understand that, I and, and, I, and I, I, I know what's going to happen, and maybe, maybe, just maybe, uh, Vernon Adams is going to come in here and actually play some football, and uh, play the way that maybe. everybody believed he could have at one time, and uh, we might win a few more games. You know, we got to play, we got to play the, a couple Eastern teams, we got to play Montreal, and I think we play Hamilton. 
I, I know we play two more against Calgary and two more against Winnipeg, so those are going to be tough games. But uh, you never right. know. It, you see, and, I, and, and I'm way, convinced that the way Calgary's playing, we might beat them. After watching Labor Day, well, I don't, I don't yes. think. Uh, I, I I think they're they're even now as far as quarterbacks go. Um, but I I don't think uh, I think Calgary's a better team. But doesn't matter. Um, the the thing is, and I and I watched Labor Day, and I'm talking about the Saskatchewan uh, Winnipeg Labor Day, and every single team is the same. They have moments where they can take advantage of Winnipeg, and they don't do it. And Winnipeg just hangs out, hangs out, hangs out, and bang, they win. And it's the other yeah. team not taking advantage of when Winnipeg makes mistakes. Winnipeg seems to be okay. the only team this year that has a that has a killer that has a killer instinct. So, okay, so um, let's let's do something unique right now, okay? Let, yep. let, let's introduce the other two guys. Okay. Oh, okay. Before That's you and I it. get off on a on a rant and talk football for the next two hours, we should introduce the other two guys. You, you agree? Okay. Absolutely. Go for okay. it. Okay. You know I love Charles. Charles Cliff, welcome to the show, buddy. Welcome, buddy. I was kind of enjo- I was kind of enjoying that conversation, to be honest. It was interesting to listen to, but yeah. Well, it, it, we can all go was, in. But you, yeah. I remember a show not that long ago, actually seven years ago where you and I sat on hold for an hour and a half while somebody went on yeah. a rant. And that's when, we, that's when we decided to do our own podcast. Correct. And so I, w- I, I wouldn't want to do that to you. And I know I've ranted for more than six minutes on my own, but, mm-hmm. you know, everything's hunky-dory. Before we get into too much football, we should introduce everybody. And, um, yeah. There, there was something that I wanted to talk about. Oh, my day. I'll, I'll just share a little bit on my day today. So we're, we're not doing I a whole lot back. of work, but we're having – Oh. Go well, on. you got to mute your mic when you do that. Um, I get a phone call from the, our project manager. He's kind of got the same job as I do, only he thinks he's more important. Um, and he said that one of my guys flipped over the excavator. So I had to go hauling ass over to the, this job site, and here I get there, and this excavator is laying on the side, very uncool-like. Um, so, you know, we spent the next hour, hour and a half going through um, incident reports with the mill with it, mill site that it's at and safety concerns and reevaluations and this and that and everything else, and then we finally picked it up and put it on its feet. In the meantime, 100 feet away from us, a hog pile caught on fire, and it had nothing to do with us, but it just caught on fire. And now this fire is blazing, the fire department's there, and the fire's coming directly at us, who's got this excavator that's not running. So we're panicking trying to get this excavator running, and we finally got it out of the way uh, so that it didn't burn up. So uh, that was kind of my day. It was kind of an exciting day. But, yeah, so anyhow, it's kind of weird. Uh Rudy, welcome to the show, bud. How are you? Good, good. Good to be back. You have to say more than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
been a He's while. a man of few words. It's been a while, and gentlemen. When, when, I, when, I give you the, when I give you the microphone to talk, you're supposed to talk. Okay? It, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. No, I've been okay. busy. Uh, strapped up that job. And, uh, yeah, now I'm back at home sorting things out. Okay. Jeez. You wouldn't want to interfere with anything there, okay? So let's uh, let me go over to my other program here, to Microsoft Word, and see if I've got my agenda here somewhere. Uh, opening document, working on it. Uh, here we are, segment one. We're going to review the Labor Day weekend game. Oh, okay. So now I have to go over to Sparky. This is going to be a challenge for me today, guys. So uh, I'm without things. Okay, there's Sparky's list. There we go. So the first game last week was the Ottawa Red Blacks were playing the Montreal Alouettes in Montreal. Okay, I got somebody echoing right now. Will, Will, can you cl- uh, mute your mic for a minute? Okay, see? There, that, that, all the background noise went away. Sorry, Will. Uh, you need a better headset or something. I don't know what it is, but uh, anyhow, it's really quiet now. Thank you. Um, Ottawa Red Blacks playing Montreal in a or playing the Montreal Alouettes in Montreal. And uh, this was a kind of a, these two games, these two teams are not very good. I don't know what else to say. They just, it it was a a not very good football game. I'm not going to say it was boring. It just was lacking in talent, lacking in, in energy, lacking in enthusiasm. It was just, Lacking in, in, in everything, in my my opinion, huh. and I don't know why it turned out the way that it did. I don't know. What, uh, did I watch a different game than you? Let's go ahead. Tell me what you thought of this game. Uh, well, you didn't watch a different game. These teams, I don't think either one of them are very good, uh, although I did think that Ottawa might have been the best Ottawa had looked this season. Uh that's not saying a whole lot because, quite frankly, well, they've been pretty... They looked really good in both games against Winnipeg. They did, but they weren't able to close those ones out. This one they closed out. So, And I thought they played no, actually Montreal pretty is not well. Winnipeg. No, they are not. I don't think anyone would confuse the two, but um, no. still, I thought that uh, I didn't think... Um, Ottawa looked bad at all. I think uh, since going back to uh, uh, going back to Nick Arbuck is better. That seemed to have given them a bit of a spark. And uh, I thought they played. Uh, I, I'm not going to complain about the way they played because I thought they really took it to Montreal. Montreal was extremely lackluster in this game. They they just couldn't get anything going. Uh, well, we saw bad Trevor Harris come out again, uh, who couldn't move the ball, couldn't score points. Um, but I thought Nick Arbuckle played very well. Uh, I thought Ottawa overall played pretty well. I thought they were good on offense and good on defense, and they were putting the points up. So, yeah, I don't think uh, – I'm not going to say this was a masterpiece or anything like that, but they kind of took it to Montreal uh, pretty uh, substantially. So, yeah, I thought the, this was a very good game for Ottawa. I think this was their best complete game of the season, and Montreal uh, just didn't look good at all. Right, but it, 
I'm, I'm trying to go over to the game right now to prove my point a little bit, even though that I don't really have to. Was it, like, tied or, like, very close at halftime and even into the third quarter and then Ottawa kind of came on at the end, or uh, am I uh, confusing this with something else? Well, Ottawa had an 18-10 to 10 lead at halftime, and then uh, it was okay. 24-16 going into the fourth quarter, and then uh, Montreal yeah, okay. um, Montreal or Ottawa kind of closed it out, out scoring them 14-8 in the fourth quarter. So basically, um, Ottawa really led pretty much the majority of the oh, game the and never game. gave it up. So yeah. Yeah, and there was never really a okay, point where okay. we looked at Montreal and thought, you know, these guys are are coming on. They really weren't. And a huge game yeah, by Jay, I, Jalen Ackland with ten catches for 159 yards. So, and I thought Arbuckle played well. I just thought they were head and shoulders better than Montreal personally. I'm not going to take anything away from uh, Ottawa for this victory in any way, shape, or form. I think they are the best team in the Eastern Division, and I always have. I have said that from the beginning of the season. Even though their record was stinky at zero to uh, zero and six, or I think it was, or something like that, um, but zero, zero and seven, and because I, I think they've they've just won two straight. Um, they're they have three victories for the season. Montreal in second place has four, and Toronto has got six for first place. Ottawa is only three games out of first place. For a team that started 0-6, that's not doing so bad, is it? Kind of like a BC Lion thing from 2011. And I'm sure they have at least a few few, um, head-to-head games coming, uh, coming up down the road, so... They're still in the mix. Oh, they're going to play all the so. Eastern Division teams. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. If, if they can turn this around, it would be quite a miracle. But I, I'm, I'm still picking them to be first in the East. I, I think Ottawa will be in the Grey Cup. And I, I, I know that was a hard one to believe, but it. Uh, and what the hell? Why not? Um, They've won back-to-back three. games now, so it looks like they might be getting some momentum. They might, but, you know, who are they playing? Good point. True. Good point. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Rudy, did you get to watch this game, or were you up north somewhere? Uh, Yeah, northeast. (laughs) No, yeah, I watched – I watched – I didn't see all those games uh, this weekend. I saw the Ottawa game and the Winnipeg game, though. Um. I mean, yeah, both teams aren't great. It wasn't the best game, but since they're kind of similar levels of teams, I I thought it was an all right game. Um, yeah, it was good to see Ottawa get the win. It looks like they uh, got something coming together there with uh, Arbuckle right now. And, hey, who knows, maybe they'll win their first home game in two, three years uh, this weekend. I, I think they're going to go on a little bit of a run here. I, I agree with you, CJ. I uh I think they very possibly could get first in the East, though. Well, they're playing Toronto this weekend, right? So, I mean, that's a two-point game for them, or a four-point game for them, even though there's no such thing. Um, so, Toronto loses, Ottawa wins. So, you know, that, that just drops it a little bit there. So, I mean, Toronto has the opportunity to put some distance between them right now, and I, I honestly don't think they're going to be able to do it. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Oh. 
Okay, William, open, un- unmute your mic there, buddy. Come on, join us. And uh, tell us what you thought of this Ottawa-Montreal game. You sure I can join you or not? Yeah, you can, buddy. Yeah. Uh, you, you can always join us. You, you, yeah. You, you, you sure now? Okay, well, I, like it was yeah, Ottawa-Montreal. Yes, I watched Yes, I watched all the game. Um, in my mind, the difference was, come on, take a guess. Coaching, but the difference was our, no, was our buckle. To be honest oh, with you, and 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 Ottawa's yeah, defense, and and a, and a, and Danny Machocho, and and his undisciplined Montreal Alouettes. Pretty simple. Yeah. I don't it's remember the last time I've seen a team so undisciplined. Yeah, I think, you well, there's there's Saskatchewan oh, Charles. They're pretty undisciplined. Oh, okay, fair enough. Okay. I don't know. I think Saskatchewan's um, the second most on the phone. But they're both yeah, up okay. there, okay? Um, yeah. Anyways, um, but I think I think Ottawa is coming on, and and you know what? This weekend we'll see because I guess Toronto's the best team in the East. <laughs> I guess. I'm not sure they're the best team. As long as they as long as they play Hamilton three weeks in a row. Okay, they're the best. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, they really had a fortunate yeah, schedule, I, haven't they? When you're playing Hamilton so many times. Yeah. <laughs> I've noticed that the Hamilton Tiger Cats are kind of dropped that dropped down to the bottom of the tower room. Power rankings in Ottawa and Edmonton have climbed up a little bit. That's that's embarrassing. <laughs> but I, I'm pretty no, sure we're going to talk what's about it, that what's, a it, later. what's embarrassing? What's embarrassing is Hamilton's quarterback situation. That's embarrassing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm really sorry, Will. I disagree with you. They got injured. I don't think Hamilton. I don't think Hamilton has a quarterback situation simply because they don't have a quarterback. <laughs> that is exactly right. They're, 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 they're fucked. I don't know what else to say about them. They're, they're just, well, 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 you'll be excited to know. Right you'll, you'll be excited to know <clears throat> yesterday the rumor, the rumor around Calgary was. <laughs> Bo Levi <laughs> Mitchell to Hamilton. Hamilton was trying to trade for <clears throat> Bo Levi Mitchell. Okay. So I thought that was kind of funny, but. So, but. Well, right now, CJ yeah. thinking to himself, that's not going to improve anything. <clears throat> Well, no, well, yeah. CJ is probably CJ is thinking to himself, they should just get a high school quarterback. That he's just as good. NFL cuts. That's, I'm not. <clears throat> I'm not saying. <clears throat> I got some popcorn in my throat. It's terrible. Um, I honestly I do not believe that Bo Levi Mitchell will play for another CFL team other than Calgary. I think that if 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 Hoff Dinkle comes and talks to him and says, "I'm trading you to Hamilton." <clears throat> he'll say I'm retiring. I don't think he'll play for another team. <clears throat> and and I kind of respect that. <clears throat> and you didn't expect me to say that, did you? 
To be honest, I'm not okay. sure I, I agree with that. I, uh, you know, you may be right. I'm not convinced that he wouldn't go somewhere else. <clears throat> I'm not convinced he can play in any other city. And he knows it. Also possible. Well, I'm not convinced. I, I wish he would come clean. I really do <clears throat> wish he would come clean. Okay, because... The two interviews I've seen since he's been put on the bench, he's not saying anything other than he's got to work on some things. Well, if you're a 10-year veteran, you don't have to work on things. Okay? There's nothing to work on. If you're fucking injured, just say you're fucking injured. Please. Because it's a little frustrating. And personally, if he's a 10-year veteran and he's my quarterback, I want him to be pissed off that he's not playing. Well, right. But but like, like he says, he's going to work his way back to the starting lineup. I doubt it. And and all the reports I've heard from 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 uh, practice is he takes like five or six reps at uh, practice, okay? And he throws three and four four foot or four <clears throat> yard long passes, and that's it. So, I don't know. Has his shoulder hasn't fully recovered, has it? Well, you know it what? Sure doesn't and, look and like when he played. Well, the the thing that struck me the most, where I water. noticed it, where I noticed it the most, was in the BC Calgary game when Nathan Rourke was trying to throw the ball through guys' heads and Bo Levi Mitchell is throwing these fucking ducks. Okay? And I remember the days when Bo Levi Mitchell would throw a hard ball. Mm-hmm. And to me, that means his shoulder is done. Yeah, it hasn't been there for a while now. Right. Two years, at least. Three years. You know, so, I, I mean, uh, what can I say? I mean, because, huh? like, like I, I don't think anybody is worried that if Jake Mayer goes down, they're going to bring Bo Levi Mitchell in. It doesn't, it doesn't scare oh. anybody. Because, because, I mean, I've seen Jake Mayer play. Okay, I've seen Bo Levi Mitchell play at his peak. There's no comparison in my mind. So, so, so for Jake Mayer to take over his starting job, there's got to be something wrong, and nobody's saying anything. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's funny on because the go on. I, lo- I watched a video the other day, and Bo Levi is still giving away the game balls at the end of every game. So it means he's part of the team. Well, at least he's the captain, I think. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm just speculating. Who knows, man? Mm-hmm. Okay, are Funny we done thing with is this? Can I move on yeah. or are we, are we You want to go, go somewhere else yet? Well, Rudy hasn't gone in this game either. Well, did he? On both? Sorry, my mistake. Yes, he did. Yeah, my mistake. 
So right. this, well, we're still on the Ottawa Montreal game, right? So yes, we're gonna wrap That's that correct. one up. And uh, so the final score was thirty-eight to twenty-four for the Ottawa Red Blacks. Total of sixty-two points. Uh, Charles, you took Montreal to win. Uh, you got zero there. You got ten bonus points. Will, you took Ottawa. You got hundred and eight. CJ took Montreal. Got zero and zero. And uh, Rudy, you got took Ottawa. You got hundred and ten. So that's the way that game ended up. <laughs> Sucks. Okay, second game was kind of more one of the more exciting games this week. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I'm not happy with the results. I was kind of really hoping that both teams would lose, but that didn't happen. Um, so we had the Winnipeg Blue Bombers traveling to Saskatchewan for the Labor Day game. This is a, a huge... Uh, game between these two provincial rivals, and uh, it did not disappoint. There was it was interesting right to the very end. It could have gone either way, which is kind of state's Winnipeg season. The very few of their games could have been won by more than seven points, by more than one touchdown, and yet they're eleven and one on the season. They could just as easily be one and eleven, but they're not. They're eleven and one, and it's they just seem to keep finding a way to win. And this game did not disappoint in that aspect of it. Uh, Saskatchewan had the opportunity to take this game at several places, and they couldn't. And for simply because I don't think they were that good of a team, Winnipeg was. Is, was without question the better team in this game, but they just let Saskatchewan hang around and hang around and hang around. They don't know how to put the foot on the throat and squish it. Um, and we're all waiting, the entire game we're waiting for Garrett Marino, the disgraced Saskatchewan Rough Riders defensive lineman, to do something fucking stupid. And it was almost the end of the game, and he did. He did something stupid. Uh, he just blindsided Zach Caleros, put him face down on the carpet, and hurt his arm uh, way late in the play. And I don't understand how this play was not flagged. Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans are telling us that this was Zach Caleros' fault, that he turned and ran into Marino, and Marino has the right to stand his ground. I find that Are you kidding me? Disappointing. I'm, I'm finding that disappointing and very difficult to believe, considering Dan Marino's hands went from his chest, extending out, pushing Zach Claros to the ground. And I don't know how that is standing your ground. It's not basketball. Um, yeah, no, that's actually what the Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans are saying, and yes, I don't believe it for a heartbeat. It's ridiculous and stupid. Uh, but and we will talk more about Garrett Marino later. Uh, but yeah, why was this play not flagged? William, you go ahead on go first on this one, buddy. <laughs> I, I I haven't been online this week, so I don't know what the Saskatchewan fans are saying. But if that's what they're saying, I'm sorry. You're all idiots, okay? Marino intentionally ran over Zach Polaris because he had an opportunity to, okay? Yeah. And and he could have he he could have put him out of the game and hurt him, 
but and there was no flag on the plate. Like, where was the referee? Was he watching the stands? What was he doing? And obviously, the I mean, isn't there supposed to be a ref that watches the quarterback? That is correct. That is correct. Okay, that's all they do. Okay, so how did they not see that? The guy watches the QB the whole time. Did they not think it was a penalty? I I I don't get it. I don't get it. And apparently, Marino is gone. Goodbye. Have a nice life. We're not there Um, yet. And and he didn't and he didn't hurt hurt the star quarterback of the of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Because I'm sorry, I'm pretty sure Zach Claris is going to be the MVP this year. So well, he didn't take him out of the game, I, but Zach did, uh, no, did get up didn't. holding his shoulder or his arm. Absolutely, he, absolutely. So he did so, get a little injured there. I don't know how it affected and, him. And and you know what the worst thing is? Uh, okay, so I'm a I'm a. I'm a I'm a team football kind of guy. And my question is yep. this. Where the fuck I don't believe you, but that's okay. Where the fuck were Winnipeg's offensive linemen? Because where I come from No idea. If you fucking if you fucking hit the quarterback like that, you're gonna have five nasty guys in your fucking face right now. It doesn't matter if they take penalties or not. So, so that True. blew my mind. Especially him. Mm-hmm. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. So, you, you know what? You I, know. I was thinking about that. You're, you're, you're 100% correct, Will. What I agree. If, uh, Mike, O'Sh- Mike, O'Shea, Mike O'Shea should have taken out his best O-lineman off of the field, put out his third-string offensive lineman, and said, murder this guy. And gladly take the 15 or 25 yards. You know what? Just murder him. And I know that, you know, Uh that's not what football is all about. But that happens so often that why hasn't it happened against Marino? Well, and and that's that's an interesting interesting conversation because I remember – the Chris Walby days, do you think Chris Walby would let anything happen to Tom Clements like that? Oh, he'd have killed him. No, no. Absolutely. No, no absolutely not. Okay, so no. you're scared about taking a 15-yard 15, a 15 penalty? Really? Come on. No. No. I, I, Doesn't I, make sense I, to me. No. I don't understand it at all. And I understand getting having one of your your uh, premier, your first first string offensive lineman ejected from the game, and that's why I said put in a couple of third stringers and tell them to go to town. But, but and I mean, even, just roll up on even, this guy. Yeah, but even are, are Winnipeg's offensive linemen not smart enough to realize that if Zach Kolaris gets hurt, your season is over. It's over. I know. Okay, it's not even going to be close. Ask BC what happens. It blows my mind. Yeah. That blows my mind. So, anyways, go ahead. Charles, you're up. Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, Winnipeg has been a strange team. What do you think of that play calling in the interception at the end for Saskatchewan? 
typical Saskatchewan nonsense. Uh, it's really weird that Winnipeg, they're 11-1, and but they, they're not, they can't blow team out. I mean, they're winning games, but most games they're winning by a touchdown or less. It's really weird. When you see a team that's 11-1 and and dominant, you think they'd be blowing teams out left and right, but that hasn't been the case. They haven't blown anybody out, um, which is really, really weird. Um, but, hey, they're getting the job done. They're ending up the game with more points than um, the other team, and that's the whole objective. The interception at the end should never have happened. I mean, they were the, the, the riders were already pretty much in um, field goal range as they were it in was. Field goal range. They were. Keep the ball on yeah. the ground. If you're going to pass it, do a short dump-off pass that's low risk and stuff like that. But he's going like 15 yards downfield over the middle. There's all sorts of bad things that can happen at that point. So it was an absolutely ridiculous play call. And if they don't make that play call, they probably end up winning that game. But they're just dumb, dumb play calling. And Saskatchewan, they've had a few games this year where they've won out of sheer luck. There was the one where Toronto hit the upright on the game-winning field goal. There was that one. There are a few other ones. I mean, they always say you got to be lucky to be good and good to be lucky. But you've got to figure at some point this luck runs out and you can't be lucky forever. So it was a really weird, uh, it's been kind of a weird season. I mean, they're 11 and one, but they're, they're hanging on to games by the skin of their teeth. And, uh, other teams are ending up winning these games pretty much for them by doing something stupid. And that's what happened again in this one. But, uh, say la vie, whatever it is, whatever will be, will be. And, uh, Hey, they won again. So, and uh, as for Garrett Marino, we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later. But he's an idiot. I'm glad he's gone. But we'll we'll get into that more a little bit later. Saskatchewan lost this game. Winnipeg didn't so much win it. It's hard to disagree with that statement. Because it, it was theirs. They had it. Oh, All it they was. had to do was run the ball one, two, three more times and kick a field goal and 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 be up by a point. Yes, mm-hmm. Winnipeg then has the chance to go back down the field, and that's always a possibility, but all they had to do, all Saskatchewan had to do, was run out some clock. Neither team could stop the clock. So, you know, take your full 20 seconds, play clock, and... No, but no, they threw the fucking ball down the middle. It got tipped. It got intercepted, and Saskatchewan lost the game. Now, I, I'm not disappointed that Saskatchewan lost the game, but I don't care. I, I well, <clears throat> if Saskatchewan won, would it have been better for BC? Well, does that's BC the, that's really the one have thing, a hole? Probably. You know, does but BC have a hope ca- in catching yeah, Winnipeg? It's pretty remote. But, hey, right? I mean, it would have helped. Does Saskatchewan have a hope of, be- of catching BZ? Also pretty remote. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't think this game matters to us. Rudy, you're the Winnipeg Blue Bomber fan. What did you think of this game? 
yeah, Winnipeg beat BC 43-22, and uh, I think they beat Edmonton by 15 points. But anyway, uh, no, I thought it was a good game. Anytime uh, Winnipeg can get a win in uh, Labor Day, regardless of their records, uh, that's good for them. Um, I think on that whole Caleros thing, <laughs> I see it a little bit differently. I mean, I've never liked Marino, but... Uh, uh, it should have been a penalty, obviously, but I do think Calero flopped and sold it a little bit in the play. Um, the reason there wasn't a response uh, during that game is because the game was so tight and Winnipeg, uh, Winnipeg disciplined and uh, coached well, so they didn't probably want to take a a penalty, a reaction penalty on that play. Plus, the whole O line was uh, up pass blocking, and uh, obviously, probably wasn't expecting for. Uh, that to happen. What I think is even more stupid is uh, how Dickinson said after the game they didn't want to kick a field goal because they're worried Winnipeg would have too much time to come down the field and uh, respond by kicking a field goal and running the clock down. Which, in other words, he basically said he doesn't believe in his defense after they had a pretty, pretty good game. Um, and yeah, I I never liked Marino, but uh, no one brought it up yet. I think uh, you know Duke, Duke Williams kind of lost them the game. That was some of the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Yeah, Duke he Williams. wasn't even in uniform. He's an idiot. They should cut his ass and try trade. I honestly thought they might have cut him after that. That was so stupid. Yeah, I mean, they, they won't. They probably won't, but it's uh, stupid. They're not even dressed. I don't know. I can't stand Williams more than Marino, to tell you the truth. He's been accused of spitting on guys twice. I don't think guys would lie about that twice. And, yeah, just the stupid antics. I, I think he's uh, more of a liability than a threat. Gatchin's got some, uh, some of their good receivers back, too, so I don't think he's I mean, he makes a quarter of a million a season, so I don't think he's needed. But, no, anyways, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good game. But, uh, yeah, Saskatchewan definitely probably could have won that football game, and uh, that's what a championship team does. They uh, suck it out. A couple of stupid penalties by Saskatchewan, no discipline, and, uh, yeah, Banjo Bowl should be a good game again. Yeah, I don't think it is. I honestly don't think the Badger Bowl is going to be a good game. I think it'll be I, a good game. I think Winnipeg is actually going to, I think Winnipeg is going to dominate them. I think this might be the the very first game in which Winnipeg actually came and came and comes and plays football. I don't know. Oh, I, I could be wrong. Win. But, yeah, win is a win is a win. No, I don't. Baseball? What's that? What? Did you guys see that 55-yard field goal? That was extremely impressive. And for all the people that a couple of weeks ago were saying, oh, cut Legio, cut Legio, he can't do it uh, when it's, uh, the pressure's on. Well, that was a pretty pressure-packed situation there, and he made it with room to spare. And, yeah. and it, um, by the way, it was 57 yards. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna. Yeah, he's right about that. It's fifty-seven yards. Okay. Yeah, I was just reading the TSM what it said in TSM. But no, he uh, 
he really hasn't had that bad of a season. Um, all he's missed three field goals. He's twenty-seven. I think he's twenty-eight for thirty-one or something like that. But yeah. Yeah, he but he missed two in one game. He missed two in one yeah. game, and people lost their shit, saying, "Oh, cut him! He's not yeah. clutch." It was ridiculous overreaction. Yeah. Well, and he, he probably did if, lose if, in one game. There's been, uh, I think, there's been two games this year that he's won them. So. Oh yeah. If you guys, if you guys continue to talk about kickers, <laughs> I'm hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You gave, Final score. You gave that about forty-five <laughs> seconds, which was about forty-three seconds too long. <laughs> Final score: Winnipeg Blue Ball. Sorry, 20, Will. Saskatchewan Rough Riders eighteen. Total point score thirty-eight. Charles, you took Winnipeg to win one hundred and twenty-four points. Uh, Will, you took Winnipeg to win. You got 138 points. CJ, you took Winnipeg to win, 134. Uh, Rudy, you took Winnipeg. You got 110. Everybody took Winnipeg straight across the board there. No surprise. Third game, which was a Monday game. I hate fucking Monday games. Why do we have – why was the Saskatchewan-Winnipeg game on Sunday? Why? Why is this? Uh, never mind. Let's just not go there. It's just so stupid. Uh, Friday, Saturday games are football games in the CFL, and I don't give a shit what tradition says. Give the Labor Day day, the Monday, the holiday to the families and let them go do something other than football. Saturday, fr- Friday night, two games Friday night, two games Saturday. That's it. Rest of the game, rest of the weekend's for family. So we had Toronto. No, no, no Sunday games. I don't like Sunday games. It's like NFL shit. No, no Sunday games. Okay, the Battle of Ontario. Toronto Argonauts went down to Hamilton to play the Tiger Cats. This was the third meeting in four weeks. My God, what the hell? Isn't there any other teams that these guys could play? Okay, so, yeah, Toronto went in, played to, into Kimbit Field to play Hamilton, and unfortunately, unfortunately, Hamilton did not reciprocate. They did not come to play. They did not show up for the game. I don't even know if they were in the arena. There was a few cardboard replicas of some Ticat players out on the field, but that was about as much as I saw. Because I don't know what the fuck happened to that team. Once proud feline team uh absolute shit right now uh as will pointed out earlier they do not have a quarterback or they have a quarterback situation uh their situation is the fact that they don't have a quarterback i've heard that this is important in the cfl uh you would think that winnipeg or hamilton would pay attention it's important to have a quarterback ask chris jones in edmonton so I don't know. I don't know what to say about this game. It was absolutely terrible. Again, I think this was a close game until later on in the game, and then all of a sudden McLeod Bethel-Thompson decided he wanted to be a quarterback and started playing football. Is that uh, Am I wrong on this one? This, this nope. was just like a no-scoring game. 
Am I? Yeah. Okay. So, Charles, you go ahead. Tell us what you thought of this game. Well, the um, Ty ten o'clock in the morning. This game started. Breakfast football. Wasn't even out of bed. Breakfast football. Yeah. But the uh, Thai Cats were hoping that uh, Jamie Newman might be one of those new uh, young up-and-comers that might impress in his uh, first ever start. And that thought went away rather quickly once he started seeing this guy play. No offense to the guy. He was put in a virtual uh, impossible position. The guy's a third stringer, has had a virtually no uh, reps with the first-team offense, and then all of a sudden, he's thrust into the starting uh, into the starting uh, lineup in this pressure cooker, the traditional Labor Day game. This was not a fair uh, position to put this guy in. He did what he could, and he, with all due respect, he just wasn't very good. And I'm not blaming him, but I mean, he just he didn't uh, he really couldn't get anything going on the offense, and that was pretty much the the entire offense for Hamilton right from the beginning till the end. I mean, they just got nothing going. They were completely outmatched on uh, offense. There's only a, a total of 267 all yards on offense, which is virtually nothing. Uh, they only had 11 first downs, which, again, is not very good. It just was... They made uh, the Argos look like world beaters, and the Argos weren't world beaters. I mean, uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson had a decent second half after really a very unproductive first half, but they only really needed to play one half to beat this Hamilton team. This Hamilton team was not going to beat anybody. Uh, I mean, with Dane Evans and Matt Schlitz, they haven't really been beating anybody this year, so without them, they really were a lost cause. I don't think it mattered who they played this week. They weren't going to beat them. So it was kind of the the tie catch right now look like a shell of the team that went to the Grey Cup two years in a row. I mean, this, it's night and day from even last season. So it's a real tough time in Hamilton. And Toronto, uh, whatever it's worth, they're in first place right now. They've got a 500 record, or sorry, a game above 500, but they're in first place they'd be uh, tied for fourth in the West. So um, they're getting what they need done, and it's really bad. When I remember, again, I'm going to go back to it right before the season. People are going to say, oh, the East is going to be better than the West this year. The East is going to be better than the West this year. The second-place team in the East right now is 4-7. and seven. So, so much for you experts who said the East is going to be better than the West this year. Uh, and Toronto, while they're in first place, they're not exactly a great team either. So, no, no, it's pretty in bad reality, when the first. Uh, I mean, it's pretty bad when the first place team in your division has only scored six more points than you've given up, and you're supposed you want people to take you <laughs> seriously as a first place team. Good luck. I mean, Saskatchewan really at six and six isn't that much better. No, they're not. Six points up on their point spread. They're up on their point spread too. So, but that's that's fourth place in the West. 
again versus first place in the East. So right now is Saskatchewan crossed over? Sure. I I honestly cannot say that they wouldn't run the table. Cody Fajardo oh, think, yeah. is being is is a more consistent quarterback than any quarterback in the Eastern Division right now. I think Cody Fajardo is a a terrible quarterback. I just think that he's better than anything in the East. I agree. Well, we'll see what Nick Arbuckle does with the Ottawa Red Blacks. That's going to be it. Uh, Rudy, this is game. Toronto, Hamilton. Yeah, I don't don't watch this game. Um, I've always... uh, yeah, I was traveling and busy and moving out that day. Anyway, um, yeah, I was keeping updates on the score. I thought Hamilton maybe would have took one. Um, I mean, I've always thought Toronto was a better team this year, but, you know, three games in four weeks or whatever it was, four and five weeks. Uh, yeah, I thought Hamilton maybe would have took one. So, uh, yeah, they didn't. Uh, I think this might be the year not in the Grey Cup, which will be me. But, uh, I don't know. I don't, both teams doesn't impress me too much. I don't got much to say. Uh, kind of sick of seeing those two teams play each other every weekend. Yep. Get boring watching the same teams over and over again. It is. Think about this one for a second. Toronto just took three games away from Hamilton. Hamilton is the most disgusting team in the CFL right now. They're pathetic. Okay? Nobody can argue with that. Take those three wins away from Toronto, and they're sitting at three and five. If Toronto had played just about any other team in the league, they would be three and five or three and eight and not in first place. But because they get to beat up on the weakest teams in the league, being in the Eastern Division, it's rather sad and pathetic. William! Yeah. I did not forget about you. I know. You know what? It's not even worth talking about this game, but I'll talk about it for a second. Um, Hamilton did okay. It was 11-8 at the end of the third quarter. And then... I know. And then... And then and then Toronto scored 17 points in the fourth quarter. Like, did you guys decide to give up, go home? Decided you're going to wait till next week? What? Um, Hamilton is in dire need of a quarterback. I also think they made, and you know I'm going to say this over and over and over again this for the next the rest of the season. Hamilton obviously made a mistake when they decide to sign Dane Evans and not Jeremiah Mazzoli because Dane Evans sucks. Even though he is injured, he has sucked this year. Okay? He does not know how to hold on to the ball. And there has been two games where he has mishandled the ball and they have lost as a direct result of it. Okay? So I don't know what you do or say. Okay, but, uh, I, I do want to point out that you are one of the big negative uh, 
voices against Jeremiah Mazzoli and Hamilton. Right. Jeremiah Mazzoli looks like uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli looks like Bo Levi Mitchell compared to Dane Evans. Okay. Oh, did I say Bo Levi and Mitchell a, in his prime? A, oh, yeah, that's, that's what I was a compliment. In his prime, yes, sir. In his that prime, was... he 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 looks he looks way better. You know, he looks he he Jeremiah Mazzoli. I'll put it differently. Jeremiah Mazzoli to me now. Compared to Dane Evans, looks like a young or an older Nathan Rourke. Okay, come on. I mean, oh, let's face God. it. Dane Evans has sucked. Dane Evans has sucked badly this year, and it might be a good thing that he's hurt. It's time. It's time for them to move on. Find another quarterback. Why didn't you? Why didn't you guys? Maybe Danny Machoch is not that stupid. Why didn't you guys trade for Vernon Adams? Well, that was one of the things that came up on one of the Ticat sites that I went and challenged. And uh, there's two reasons why uh, Vernon Adams did not go to Hamilton. And first off, when a player is traded, he's not getting an increase in his salary, right? Because he's under contract, Correct. so he's just – it's a sideways move for him. Right. It's not like free agency where you're going for the bank and you're willing to go play right. for a losing team like, uh, what's his name, uh, Kenny Lawler did in Edmonton, right? He, he went right. off and got three hundred grand from Edmonton knowing that Edmonton was going to suck, but he's putting lots of money in his bank. Vernon Adams, when he's being traded, do you think if, if, he, if, if Machocha said to him, uh, I got an opportunity to send you to B.C. or I got an opportunity to send you to Hamilton – which one do you want? And I know that that wouldn't have happened, because, but knowing better, um, there's no way in hell that Vernon Adams would have chosen Hamilton over B.C. He's not making any more money, so he wants to go to a winning team. B.C. is 8-2. and two. Hamilton is 3-8 and eight or something, 3-7 and seven or 3-6. and six. Um, it, 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 Nobody would do that. Nobody would do that, okay? And second off, yeah, but no, 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 no. How can you say nobody would do that? Maybe, maybe Vernon Adams is a smart guy, and he says to himself, "Hey, I can go to Hamilton and be their starting quarterback for the next five years." That's not going to be the case in BC. It's not going to be the case in BC, but simply he's got a better chance of showing himself some talent to be able to come up into free agency next year and, and demand some ser- some better money than he was getting in Montreal under this contract yeah, but right you know now what? by going you know to what? BC and in winning some the, games. In the state going to Hamilton and, and sucking for the rest of the season. Yeah, but in the state the quarterback situation is in the CFL right now, Vernon Adams, he can write his own ticket next year because there will be all kinds of guys who will want to sign him because there's all kinds of guys who yeah, need but, a quarterback. Right, but he's not, he's not going to be able to demand money because he has not shown to be that good to, for the simple fact that Montreal got rid of him for Trevor Harris. And I know that's Danny Machocha, and we don't trust anything that he's done. But anyhow, the second yeah, but, reason, yeah, the but, second reason why ha- yeah, he didn't yeah, go to but Hamilton hold on, is hold on. Montreal would. Ah. 2000, 2019, 2019, Ottawa signed Nick Arbuckle for four hundred thousand plus, 
and he has won two games since then. Two games. Yes. Right. Three games. But now. there was Sorry. no downside. Okay. okay, hang on, hang on. And I'm not going to dispute what you said because it's 100% accurate. The difference is, is Nick Arbuckle at that point in time was an unknown. Nobody really knew what he was going to do. He was the backup coming out of well, Calgary. They, Everybody thought that coming out of Calgary was going to be a wonderful thing, yada, 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 yada. We know what Vernon Adams can offer. He's been in the league for, what, six years? He has not yeah, let this league really, on Vernon, fire. Vernon he, Adams is only like been, he's been a starter in the closet. For- yeah, but he's only been a starter for two. Three. Okay, so, well, yeah, but he got hurt for most of 2021. Okay, so basically one. Exactly, and that's not a positive. He had a, he had, well, yeah, but he had a great season in 2019. What more do you want? Great. 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 He passed for 4,000 yards. Absolutely. He passed for 4,000 yards. Season. He had a great season. Montreal had a decent team that year. And they finished in second and place. And Hamilton went to the Grey Cup. Right. But he had a breakout season. More so than, once again, a Nick Arbuckle who won five games with Calgary. And if you go by, and if you go by, if you go by Christopher Jones' philosophy... It wasn't Nick Arbuckle. It was the team was good, and that's why he looked so good. So why would somebody offer him four hundred grand if the team was good and he didn't look that good? That, I, so what I don't I'm know. Saying, what I'm why, trying, why, why what I'm trying to say. What I'm right? trying to say. Hold on. What I'm trying to say is if Dane Evans got money for having relief in two seasons, then then I guarantee you. I guarantee you. The Vag is going to get money regardless of where he plays next year. Yeah. That's Just true. Okay. You never know. He might be in Calgary it, as uh, Bo Levi's uh, – maybe Bo Levi will be his backup. Where's Jake Mayer going to go? Oh. Well, but I'm going to say if Jake Mayer has a good season in Calgary – who knows what people are going to offer them? Hmm. True. Huffnagel has to offer him more. Right. And we know we know he will <sighs> because he he paid Bo Levi Mitchell seven hundred thousand dollars to play football in Calgary, so you can't say that Huff is cheap. Not at the much he has a much bigger body of work than Mayer will have. I, I'm not saying they're going to give him 700000 I'm just saying that Huffnagel does not have a choice. There's not enough quarterbacks no, but, out there. Well, There's not a second and third string in Calgary that are is is chomping at the bit to get up there. Uh, he has no choice but to keep Jake Mayer as his number one quarterback next year. He has no choice, regardless of what he wants in free agency. Huff has to sign him. Otherwise, they'll they'll be rivaling Hamilton for the bottom of the league. You need a quarterback in this league. 
and, and, and Huff's smart enough yes, to know that. You need he a quarterback in every league. Anyways, we're getting off well, topic. baseball. We're, we're discussing, weren't we discussing the game? <laughs> Toronto game? and Hamilton. Toronto and Hamilton. Yes, we were. And here we're talking about oh, Jake Mayer. Oh, forgot. Okay, yeah, so okay. let's go over there. Let's finish this one up, okay? Uh, this was Toronto 28, Hamilton 8, total score of 36. Charles, you took Toronto for 130 points. Will, you took Toronto for 124 points. CJ, you took 100, uh, Toronto for 136 points. Rudy, you took Hamilton for 22. Wasn't a good game for you, Rudy. Uh, the final game on the Labor Day was the Battle of Alberta with the Edmonton Eskimos or Edmonton Elks, or it's kind of the Eskimos, according to TSN, isn't it? Um, traveling south to Calgary to play the Stampeders. And this historically is a Calgary Stampeder game. Very rare does Winnipeg ever go into Calgary and beat the Stampeders, at least in the last you decade or so. You mean Edmonton? Edmonton. What did Edmonton. I say? Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Oh, no, not Winnipeg. Edmonton. Edmonton does not go into Calgary and, and win. That Not in the last decade or so. That just doesn't happen. Uh, and uh, in, this game was no exceptions. So um, I watched part of this game. Uh, I didn't get to watch it all because it's in the middle of the afternoon and I'm, 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 I have to work. I have a ranch. I have to do things. I, I did not see the Winnipeg-Saskatchewan game, but I watched it on demand the next day, um, you know, watching the games on demand the next day, you still have to put up with the same fucking commercials. Do you know that? You would think that you'd be able to get away from the commercials, but no. I guess that's kind of why Will likes his PBR. Uh, that is correct. Edmonton, Calgary. Edmonton and Calgary. Edmonton and Calgary. What can one say here? Uh, I didn't see enough of this game to make too much comment on it. I'm not surprised by the outcome. I was not surprised by the fact that it was a low-scoring game. Uh, Will, go ahead. You, you, this is your game. You talk about it. Um, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to continue to go on and on and on and on and on about Bo Levi being being injured. But in reality, Jake Mayer in the first half was horrific. And they kept him in in the Did second Did you say half. terrific or horrific? Horrific. Horrific. And he's right. Okay. Okay. And 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 if and I still think that if Bo Levi Mitchell is a hundred percent, Dave Dixon doesn't even think twice about putting him in. But it wasn't even a thought. They put Jake Marion in the second half, and he played much better. Okay, but in Jake Mayer's defense. Um, understand he is a young quarterback, and a guy like Chris Jones just loves young quarterbacks because, I'm sorry, he probably couldn't fuck with those guys like nobody has ever seen, okay, because he knows so much about defense. And I think that was the biggest thing. And eventually Jake Mayer kind of got the handle of things and some other guys played a little better, and Calgary came back and, and made it, they won. That's all that matters in my mind. So, I mean, it was a it was probably the biggest crowd I've seen at a Calgary game in 
I'm going to say five years, other than the Grey Cup in 2019. Okay, because it was there was 30,000 people there, and I haven't seen 30,000 people in Calgary stands in a long time. So, well, good for them. There you go. Yeah, it was nice to see. Um, okay. But yeah, so there's not much to say. Calgary won again against against Edmonton. And, I mean, you know what? Going back to what Christopher says was saying about Hamilton, Toronto, um, in reality, <laughs> um, Calgary has played Edmonton three times this year, and they've beat them all three times. So what would their record be if they had to play a decent team those three times? Interesting concept. The schedule makers this season suck badly. So Yeah, no, no doubt there. Okay, Rudy. Go ahead. The Battle of Alberta. Rudy. Yeah. Hello. You there? Okay. Yeah. I I give you the mic. You have to talk. Yeah. No. No. (laughs) I uh, I didn't see the game either. Um, I don't know. Typical. Edmonton sucks. I thought Calgary was going to win. Surprised to see the score after the first half, but uh, apparently Mayor wasn't very good in the first half. And uh, yeah, on the upside, I guess Trey Ford uh, is coming back sometime this season. He's supposed to be practicing that with him today. That, that would be very. Yeah, that is correct. It, it, it would be nice. I mean, it's challenging to watch these teams. I know Edmonton is not that bad of a team, but they just simply do not have a quarterback, which is far too important not to have. And uh, Hamilton, I don't know whether or not they're a good quarter team, but they just don't have a quarterback at all. Um, neither does Montreal, Ottawa, Toronto. And I'm a little iffy in Saskatchewan. So, um, yeah, most of the league. Okay. Charles. Honestly, in this game, I honestly didn't think Taylor Cornelius was actually that bad. I never thought that he was a great quarterback, and I still don't, but this is actually one of his better games. He passed for 260 yards and two touchdowns, no interceptions, so it wasn't a terrible game. Um, I remember it was 8-7 Edmonton at halftime, and I think it was Rudy who actually said on the chat, do you think Edmonton can still win? And I pointed out that even though they were in the lead at halftime, I didn't think they were going to win because I said at some point, Calgary is going to get their shit together and actually, you know, start playing. And that's pretty much what happened in the third quarter. They outscored Edmonton 15-3. to And it was based on that third quarter that they actually won this game because they were even or behind in every other quarter. Uh, this was not a dominating win by the Stampeders. They beat them by six points, or excuse me, eight points, one score game. So in a game that a lot of times uh, Calgary will blow Edmonton out of the water at the Labor Day game at home, but they didn't do it this time. And um, Mayer was horrible, horrible in the first half. He was better in the second half, no question, but... A lot of times, uh, a quarterback's not going to get away with being horrible in the first half and only be down by a point. They were lucky they were playing Edmonton because a better team would have been much farther ahead of them, and they maybe don't win this game. So 
while Calgary got the win in this game, they were kind of fortunate to do so. Uh, they got the win, they held on, and they were lucky they were playing Edmonton. But if they were playing any other team, I don't know if they were going to beat anybody else. Maybe Hamilton, but that's about all. No, I think pretty much every team except for Winnipeg and maybe BC. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not going to argue Just with saying. you on that. No, I think Hamilton. They did beat Hamilton because Hamilton has no I was quarterback. I just wanted to correct CJ. He said Edmonton never wins in Calgary or hardly ever wins in Calgary. And actually, Didn't won they win last year? year? Yeah. Yeah, they did. They beat them 32-20. And they were horrible last right. year, too. Right, and I, I'm not saying so. that it – I'm not saying that they – yeah, Edmonton was horrible last year. I uh, I'm not saying that they didn't don't win in Calgary. I'm just saying that they have not historically been winning in the last decade. Calgary has been a no. superior team. You are correct. Am I incorrect? Yeah, okay. Thank oh, you. You're right. No, you are, you right, are, so you are correct. Who is – yeah, go ahead. Final score was the Edmonton Elks 18, the Calgary Stampeders 26. Total score of 44. Uh, Charles, you picked Calgary 126. Will, you took Calgary 100 points because you went 65. Uh, CJ took uh, Calgary at 42. Uh, 138 for that one. Uh, Rudy, you took Calgary at uh, 7. You got 116. That's how that ended up. And how did the standings? Okay, the panelists, the Let's Talk CFL podcast panelists, Charles, you are still in first place. You got 100, or sorry, 390 points in this game. 390. CJ with 408 points for this week. Uh, Will, very dominant, 470 points. And Rudy, uh, 358. So the uh, totals for the year so far, Charles, you're still in first place with 42.96. CJ is hot on your heels at 42.68. So that's only 28 points behind you, buddy. Uh, Will is at 38.90. Yeah. Will is at 38.92, and Rudy is in the back at 35.70. Okay, so that's, uh, that's kind of how that's happening, and uh, we're going to move on to something else in football. It's uh, 9.10 here on the West Coast already, and I'm going to jump over and find the agenda because I can. <laughs> okay, we're going to do the, two, the four games. We're going to pick the four games this week. They're pretty Pretty good games coming up. I'm pretty excited about them. So let's nip over to Rudy here. Well, not Rudy. Uh, um, what's his name? Steven Sparky. And I'll go with the Bodog odds on these four games. The first one is the BC-Montreal game. Do I have a pen here? I don't have a pen. i got to write a pen down. Ah, mommy. Mommy. Okay. Hang on. I'm in my truck, so I always have a pen here somewhere. I got one. So we got Montreal. Hold it. Where is this game? This game is in Montreal. Montreal and BC. In Montreal. So it's BC, BC into Montreal. Okay. Uh, My, what happened here? Bad drugs. Okay. Bodog odds are BC is minus 3.5 over under at 54.5. 
CFL pick'em trend is BC 59, Montreal 41. They're giving Montreal 41%. Wow. Okay. That's cool. I don't mind that. Uh, we uh, Everybody's present, so everybody gets to pick the score. Oh. Charles, we're talking about BC and Montreal here. Who are you taking, and what is your score? Well, Obviously, people are going to think it's a homer pick because I'm going to pick the Lions. But quite frankly, after watching Montreal play Ottawa last week, I don't think there's many teams I would pick them to beat, to be perfectly honest. They looked awful last week. They looked Hamilton? And Hamilton. May, Hamilton. Maybe, but they're kind of a coin flip. Only because I think Trevor Harris is better than whoever the hell Hamilton has playing quarterback right now. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm going to obviously pick BC. I always pick BC, but quite frankly, I wouldn't be picking Montreal unless they were playing many other teams. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to pick BC to win this one. Um, I'm interested because they haven't named a starter yet, BC, this week. So I'm, I'm wondering who's going to start. But I'm going to pick BC, and I'm going to say 48 points. You're going BC at 48. So you're taking yes. the under. Okay, that's cool. Uh, William, BC Montreal. BC, we don't know who the quarterback is. Michael O'Connor is injured. Uh, I, I don't know even know the name of the third string guy. What was his name? Because uh, it wasn't Kevin Thompson. Antonio Pipkin. It was somebody, Antonio Pipkin. Uh, Antonio Pipkin. Yeah, that's scary. Uh, Kevin Thompson is uh, coming back from injury. He was injured in preseason. He's not got to play yet for the BC Lions, but he was supposed to be a hot guy coming out of college. Uh, or we've got the Vag. And has he had enough time to get the BC playbook? William. Yep. Uh, BC go, Montreal. Uh, I'm going to go Montreal 40. Montreal 40. Okay. And uh, Rudy. I'm going to go with Montreal 42. Did no one watch Montreal last week? Charles, let them do what they want. I don't care. Couple couple of factors, Charles. Couple of factors. Couple of factors. Okay. Um, Absolutely. Once again, CJ CJ just went on and on about, you know, the badge isn't that good. So... What can I say? And we don't even I know if he's starting. I did not say that. Pipkin, Pipkin, Pipkin is not going to do anything, okay? Number three, my other choice for number three is they're playing in Montreal, okay? And you know what happens to guys when they go to Montreal, right? Ask the, 20, ask the 2001 Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All I'm saying, yeah, I, I want to challenge a couple things here. I, I don't okay. care who starts in quarterback for the BC Lions because I think BC could beat Montreal without a quarterback. I think BC is that much better okay. of a team. Then, then, uh, I, then, don't think, then, then you so must, I don't care who's then a quarterback. You think, then you must think BC is a decent team. I do. Okay. You know, they're 8-2. They're eight yeah, and two I, in this league. Nobody eight, else is up that high except they're, Winnipeg. They're, they're eight and two. They're eight and two, and they don't have Rourke anymore. That's all I'm going to say. I, I, yeah, but they're playing Montreal. 
Doesn't matter. If they were playing Winnipeg or Calgary, it would be a different ball game. 100% it would be. I would be chart- taking, taking a little hard look at this one. But they're playing Montreal, okay? BC is going to win this one. They're going to win it hands down. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm going with 42 points. And, Rudy, you know that that's my score that I picked. So you took it uh, despite that. So, you know, I'm going to get a little pissed off about that. Anyhow, um, yeah, I honestly I, yeah, I don't think that it matters. And I never say – I took BC. Um, I know. I don't believe I, – I did not say that the Vag was not that good of a quarterback. I'm saying the Vag is going to look like a better quarterback in BC than he would look in Hamilton. Okay. So, so his I stock is going to go up the... playing for BC than he would, would be with playing Hamilton. So if he wants oh, a, a better the contract first, the... next season – Yeah. Then that's that's what I mean. If he wants a better contract so next year, then he would be better off yeah. playing in BC than Hamilton. He is in BC. He is going to play better, and he is going to try his hardest to get as many victories for the remainder of this season for the BC Lions. Whether or not he's in BC and next year is irrelevant to him at this point in time. He's playing for the rest of his life. The ability to play football right. for the rest of his life right now. Anyways. The fourth reason I picked Montreal is because I'm trying to catch you guys. So I can't Fair pick BC. <laughs> okay. I think Rudy was trying reason. to say something, too. No, I just, oh, I picked 42 because I think Montreal will win 24-18. No, I think BC's a better football team, but uh, even if Adams Jr. is going to start, um, he's gonna. I feel like he'll take a little bit of time to get adjusted to things, and maybe it will pan out, but... I don't know. Uh, Montreal beat Winnipeg, and uh, I think they'll probably have a bounce-back game. Plus, it's in Montreal. I mean, I mean, the other thing you got to think about this game is Vernon Adams, at the very least, has been has been feeding BC coaches everything Montreal does because he's been there for two years, right. three years, right? And, that is, and Vernon, another big thing. Vernon Adams wants to go in there and slap Danny Machocha around for disrespecting him. Absolutely he does. Absolutely he does. Okay? So, and on top of that, BC's head coach, fuck, I can't remember his name right now, knows Trevor Harris really well. Knows Trevor Harris really well, right? So. Does so. It'll be interesting. Okay. Yeah. The next game is the Toronto Argonauts into Ottawa. To play the Red Blacks. Bulldog odds on this are Toronto at 1.5. Over-under is 47.5. The trend is Toronto 75, Ottawa 25. What say you, Charles? I think Ottawa's got a little bit of momentum here right now. And I think Toronto is going to look past them a little bit, which is it's kind of ridiculous because Toronto is not the be-all, end-all. In fact, they're mediocre at best, but they're still in first place. And I think they're going to look past them, and I think they're going to regret it. And I think Ottawa is going to win this game. I think Ottawa has got something going there with Nick Arbuckle, finally for the first time this season. And I think that they can actually put together another win. They've got a little confidence right now, and I think that's a good thing for them. So 
I'm picking Ottawa to win this. Uh, I'm going to say Ottawa 45 points. Okay. And William. Fuck, Charles, you're pissing me off now. Man. You know what? Arbuckle's got a lot to prove against Toronto because, after all, they traded him last year, sent him to Edmonton. Then he got traded from Edmonton back to Ottawa. And don't forget, way back when, Ottawa sent him to Toronto. So, anyways, Nick Arbuckle, he's, he's like, he, he gets passed around so much, he's like a cheap whore. Anyways, um, I'm going to go with, and I fuck, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to anyways, I'm going to go with Toronto 42. Toronto 42. You are a Met Cloud Bethel Thompson fan, though, so I, I would be surprised if you took Ottawa here. And it so, is also, it is also, it's also the uh, the Calgary Stampeders East as well. So, okay, Rudy, what are you doing? I'm gonna go with Ottawa 48. Ottawa 48. And CJ taking Ottawa at 42. Because that's just the way it's going to be. Uh, the next game up is uh, Winnipeg or Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan coming to Winnipeg for the Banjo Bowl. Ah, this one's kind of weird. Uh, Winnipeg minus a seven and a half. Over under is forty four and a half. That's not, I think that's kind of low in my opinion. Uh, the Pickham has Saskatchewan at thirteen and Winnipeg at eighty seven. And Saskatchewan has 13 simply because they're the homer picks. And I would be surprised that it's not higher than the 13% for the amount of Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans out there. So even the Rough Rider fans don't think their fucking team's going to win. Um, do I just put Winnipeg straight across the board for everybody winning this game? Uh, Charles, go ahead. Uh, you can for me because, quite frankly, uh <laughs> I think they win them, and I think they went kind of going away in this one. I think uh, Saskatchewan kind of yeah. faltered in this one. I think Winnipeg wins this one relatively easily. I'm going to go Winnipeg uh, 52. 52 points. So you're going over on that one. Okay, uh, William. Winnipeg 47. Winnipeg 47. And the Bomber fan, see, I know Will will never take Winnipeg. Saskatchewan. And the Bomber fan over there, Rudy, he better take Winnipeg on this one because if he takes, takes Saskatchewan, we can't call him a Bomber fan anymore. Uh, go ahead, Rudy. Winnipeg 49. Winnipeg 49. is taking the Bombers at 42. That's it. Picking 42 seems to work for me. I don't know why. It just does. Okay, the final game of the week uh, is a little bit of a, a tough pick. No, it's not. Calgary into Edmonton. Okay. Oh, man, I don't know what to say about this one. Uh, Calgary, nine and a half. So they, this is going to be the blowout game of the week, according to Bodog. Uh, over under is 50 points. CFL Pickham has them at 90 points, victorious by 90%, Edmonton at 10. 
Charles. I kind of feel like this is going to be a similar situation to Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. Uh, I think last week with the close game for Edmonton where they stayed close to Calgary, I don't think they're doing it again this week. I, I know they're at home, but that has not been a good thing for Edmonton in the last few seasons. They haven't won there in like three years. And I think they get I think they get kind of bumped in this one. So I'm going Winnipeg 50, excuse me, not Winnipeg, Calgary 54 points. William. You know what? I think Calgary, Calgary took Edmonton lightly. No, I think Edmonton took Calgary late, or Calgary took Edmonton light last week, which I kind of figured they were going to. Um, I'm going to say Calgary 53. Calgary 53. Okay. And Rudy, who are you going to take here? You're you're the wild card. I don't know where you're going to go. You going to take Edmonton? Uh, Try to catch up. Calgary 41. Uh, it's pretty extraordinary. Edmonton and Ottawa both haven't won a home game in like two, three years. Ottawa's won a home game, haven't they? They've won one Fuck this no, year. No, not in two years. No. Nope. No. no. Ottawa, oh, okay. Ottawa's won one road game from last two years. Okay. Edmonton the same. That's kind of weird. Okay, uh, CJ is taking Calgary at 42. And that's the pickums for the week. Okay, so we got that. That took like an hour and a half to do these first evening. Pretty wild. Okay, so let's uh, go to the agenda here and find out what we're talking about. Jarrett Marino left the Saskatchewan Rough Riders with no choice but to release him. I don't know if that's the case. Of everything that Jarrett Marino has done really badly... Trying to figure out what Will's doing. Um, he's done some shit this year that is just astronomically bad. I don't think that this was that bad. And it, it was stupid. It was kind of right up there with the, the hit on, on, on Gobber. But, oh, well, he's gone from the league. Nobody's upset by that. Or some Ryder fans are. Uh, Even Phil Miller made a comment that said that he can't believe that management did this. Uh, And and then we went, I went and challenged him on that one, of course. Uh, Yeah. So I don't know. Nobody, nobody in this league should be sad about this. He's gone. Get the fuck out. Uh, We've been trying to do this for what? Four or five weeks, six weeks, maybe even longer than that. Definitely since uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli hit uh, and every, every game since. I just want to know why Saskatchewan chose this time to remove him. He didn't – he didn't – there was no flag on the play. He has not yet been fined. Is it because he was told not to do it? Uh, was it because Saskatchewan now has some better defensive linemen coming back from injury and he becomes expendable? I don't know why. Why is Garrett? Why did Saskatchewan Rough Riders all of a sudden have a conscience and, and, and believe that this is a, a bad thing for the league and, and and release him? I don't think they did. I, I absolutely do not believe Saskatchewan has any morals or ethics 
or anything to do with that, they would have continued with him if there was not some other kind of reason. Did the commissioner tell them to get rid of this motherfucker? I don't know. I'm just, I'm glad he's gone, but I don't believe that Saskatchewan did this out of the goodness of their heart. It's not that team. That's not who they are. William, talk about Garrett Marino. Um, you know what? As far as having better defensive linemen, I don't think they do. I thought he was a pretty good defensive lineman, to be honest with you, because despite him trying to injure guys, think about this. He had to get close to the quarterback in order to do that, and he seemed to be around the quarterback all the time. So I thought he was a pretty decent defensive lineman. I don't know. Maybe maybe the board made a decision saying they looked bad. Maybe maybe they told him either cut Marino or cut Mr. Spitter or whatever, and so they're going to cut the defensive lineman all the time. You know what? Defensive linemen, I hate to say this, are a dime a dozen. And so they could afford to cut him. I mean, he was nothing but trouble for them. Let's face it. And I, I guess it doesn't mean anything to them, but, I mean, you can replace them. I mean, he wasn't there last year. There's going to be somebody else who takes his place next week. You know. He was there last year. Oh, was he? Okay. Um, yeah. I, I, he got, he got you know ejected I, out of the last Labor Day Classic game. Obviously, obviously, this guy cannot control his emotions. And they, he's probably been warned a number of times. And they finally said, okay, let's, let's get rid of him. I don't, believe, I don't believe a guy like Dickinson likes players like that, but he is playing for the Saskatchewan organization, so he might not have a choice because he is not the general manager. He's just the head coach. So, you know what? <laughs> Let's see if anybody else I, – I would be surprised if anybody picks him up, but let's see. You never know. You never know. I did, well, I did think it was pretty amusing. I did think it was pretty amusing that a lot of Winnipeg fans said they should pick him up for the, for the Banjo Bowl. Okay? I thought that was kind of funny. Sorry. Honestly, that would be funny if they did that. It would, especially so. if he took out Zach or uh, Cody Vajardo. <laughs> that kind of would be brilliant. Yeah. Uh, that would be a bad you know, thing. Let's, that would be let's a bad go thing. back. Let's go back to Saskatchewan fans saying that that Zach Kolaris ran into Marino. You know what? Remember how they wanted. Remember how they wanted. Uh, how they wanted. Uh, what's his name? The linebacker. Yeah, Simone Lawrence's head after yeah. he put Zach Claris out in the third play of of the first game of the 2019 season. Funny how they're tuned yeah. like, so really. quickly. Yeah, give me a break. They changed they changed their tune very quickly, and and it's like really come on, like get real. So there's a lot of people know. that are comparing. Uh, Garrett Marino to uh, Zach Calero, or not Zach Calero, uh, Simone Lawrence. And I'm really having an issue with this. And I'll tell you what the, the difference to me is. Garrett Marino has played 15 games in the CFL total. That's not even a full season. Yes. Yet. He's been ejected. Yes. 
from three games. He's had three different separate suspensions, and he's been fined seven times, okay, in 15 games. Yes. Simone Lawrence is, a, is an 11-year CFL veteran, three-time CFL All-Star, and he has been suspended twice in 11 years. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. The difference to me between these two players is Simone Lawrence is a very good football player who plays really close to the edge. Okay? Garrett Marino is not a very good player, but he plays over the edge. You know, you know one of the things I was going to mention, okay, and – since you brought Simone Lawrence up and, and I brought up the Zach Polaris hit, I saw it on you the did. weekend. You did. You brought up in, Simone Lawrence. Yeah, I know I did. I saw it on the weekend. I saw it on the weekend in a couple of games where the quarterback takes off and then he slides and the player who's going to hit him is already in motion and can't control yep. himself and they got they got called twice with roughing players, and I can't remember. I know one of them was in the Calgary game. I don't think that's right. I, I just, I just, they got to change that rule where the quarterback can run and then he can all of a sudden go down. You cannot stop yourself that quick. Yeah, no, I was going to say, really sometimes it's, it's simply physically impossible to stop. Absolutely. So I, I, I don't know. Go ahead. I have a problem. Once the quarterback crosses the line of scrimmage, I don't believe he should be warranted any form of protection other than what a normal running back would get. Behind the line of scrimmage, I'm all about supporting and and, and containing and and protecting the quarterback. Once he's across the line of scrimmage, fair game. He's basically like a running back then. Well, no, that's exactly the way I look at it. Is he's a running back, and he should be he should be hit just like running backs are hit. Okay. Yep. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't like how they flop, and I saw it twice this weekend, and it just it it bothered me a whole bunch because the guys were not trying to injure, they were already in motion, and the quarterback just dropped his back, and and I hate that rule, I really do. Yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm not a fan. I, I don't mind them sliding. I just, you know, you just got to be careful. And, and you know, there are quarterbacks out there who pretend to slide. And I know there was a rule this year that was put into that so that when they pretend to slide, they get, they're down on contact and there's a penalty. Mm-hmm. So we're not down on contact. They're, they're, they're down at that point of, of – where they any, tried to slide. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, um, Charles, do you have anything to add to this? Well, the, the Marino. thing, the, the big complaint I had about that entire play is we've seen so many soft, chintzy BS roughing the passer calls this year where they, they tackle the yes. guy, but they, because they put their weight on him or whatever, they get flagged. That five, ten years ago would never be considered it or they brush against the helmet. Marino basically runs over and blindsides Caleros, and that doesn't get called. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And why didn't, uh, why didn't oh, but, um, 
Michael Shea challenged that. Because you can challenge he, 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 after. No, 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 no. He was out of timeouts. Oh, okay. Okay, I didn't realize that. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, come on. Well, call a timeout on, on a stupid play. Yeah, but, but, but Charles, I, I absolutely for sure saw Zach Kolaris making a blocking motion towards Marino, okay? So I think the hit was justified. Uh, I didn't see that, but whatever. We can agree to disagree. But to me, it looked like he was trying to just simply oh, turn away from the ball. Ass, Charles. Of course he is. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's ridiculous. Uh, all of these lousy little brush up against the QB where the QB doesn't even fall over, and they call roughly the passer, Caleros gets steamrolled in, for all intents and purposes, and nothing gets called. It's totally ridiculous. Well, oh, but but, but Garrett Marino in, was, is welcome to his space, right? He's, he's, he's allowed to hold his space. Yeah. Caleros ran right into him. If you, if you, yeah. you watch it yeah. again, with an open mind, of course, that was Caleros just running right into him. What is yeah, that, the writer fan taking over the? I think I think uh, I think Calaris I think Calaris could have been charged with a crackback block on that play. He sure he could have. <laughs> if Marino if Marino had been looking the other way, okay. Um, I think Calaris should have been ejected. But, uh, I I do that I do agree funny. with Charles. That would have been funny. I do agree. Flag I do agree up. with Charles because in the in the Winnipeg Calgary game a week ago, um, Jefferson got got a roughing the passer call against Calgary, claiming he hit Jake Mayer in the head with his arm, and he didn't even come close to hitting Jake Mayer in the head with the arm, and the play stood. Okay, I was just. I was blown yeah. away by that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, Mayor and Jefferson were laughing at each other. Oh. Ruby, this is your quarterback. What did you think of this play? Um, I think he threw him through the earth's crust. <laughs> I didn't, uh, honestly, I, didn't, I wasn't paying attention or I didn't notice it during the game. Maybe I was away doing something else quick. I did watch the whole game for the most part. Um, but I did see it afterwards. Uh, I don't know. Part of it, too, is just, uh, I think, his name, right? Like, if it was someone else and it was the first time, there wouldn't be as much talk about it. Just like a repeat offender in the NHL, NFL, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't well, know why they Well, maybe it would have been talked about as much, but now. it's still a penalty. Oh, for sure, for sure. No, I agree. Um, we we know, wouldn't be talking about it right now if it was anybody else. Well, no, 100%. Um, yeah, no, it definitely should have been a flag. Do I think Calero's kind of sold it a little bit? I think so. Um, I don't know why they waited till now to release them, other than there have been a lot of Ryder fans. <clears throat> not... <laughs> Not necessarily the one on Facebook, but uh, I don't know. I was listening to their radio show, their post-game shows sometimes, and uh, they had a lot of fans pretty pissed off about uh, Marino, and they said it wasn't uh, they're embarrassed to be fans and 
something about he doesn't follow their ethics or blah, 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 community on team. So, I don't know, other than fans and ticket holders complaining, um, that could be one of the reasons. Or or the president finally stepped in and did something because O'Day doesn't seem to do anything with uh, that. I don't know. what The thing is, the Riders, they could be a decent football team, but they have absolutely zero discipline. And, uh, yeah, they, they take stupid penalties, just like Montreal. I, I have two words to say to you, Rudy. Taj Smith. Ugh. This guy what? was indicted for assault. And the Ryder players or Ryder fans demanded that he got to continue to play football. This is a guy who was under, had been arrested and indicted for felony assault. This is not just simple assault. This was felony assault. And they wanted him to continue to play. Do not tell me that the Ryder fans are off saying that they need to throw Garrett Marino out because he's an embarrassment to the team. When a player has been charged with a crime, the CFL doesn't allow him to play, and yet Saskatchewan demanded this guy got to play and play in the Grey Cup, and they won the Grey Cup in 2013 because of him. Yeah, okay. No, don't, don't, I, I'm not buying that bullshit about Saskatchewan fans have had enough of Garrett Marino. Well, well I mean, there's can tolerate be fun facts. No, 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 DJ, I can send you the radio show right now. I'm not saying all of them. I'm sure some oh, of them I, are I, still I know there, that they're but... doing it. I I'm, know I'm, they're doing it. I'm just saying that it, 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 it's ridiculous that they're, they're going after Marino when they're Ty Smith fans. Okay, the hypocritical, disgusting people. Yeah, but I don't know. That's just I don't know what else to say. Yeah, but that's not the whole fan base. <clears throat> no, it's not. But, but we've been putting yeah, up that, that no, fan base I, I, for how many years online? <clears throat> yeah, no, and online, I mean, there's a lot of different uh, opinions on it. But no, that's just some of the stuff I heard. Uh, on their post-game shows, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's 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 my only reasoning. I, why else would they release the guy? You know, uh, or maybe the league called him and said, know. "You guys better get rid of him." Or he or he was about to get a huge fine. There's also some people saying, which I highly doubt this would be right, is that he was getting so much backlash. Um, on social media and in Regina that he that he asked to be released, but I mean it's his job. That's how he gets makes money. I don't think he'd ask to be released. So no, you know. I don't buy that. No, 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 no. I do buy that the and league he, might he, have stepped in. Can just turn it off. <laughs> yeah, the league, the yeah. league might have stepped the in. The league could step in. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely yeah, and the league could have said, "Hey, you guys got to release, you guys got to release this guy. We're gonna, we're gonna fine him and suspend him, and you guys are gonna be on the hook for paying whatever's left on his uh, salary cap." <clears throat> I don't know. Well, when you get suspended, you don't end up with any any pay. Um, 
if you release them, you don't end up with any pain. So there's no real downside. And that, that's kind of one of my points that I've been making online a lot is that it, 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 it's – I'm not going to say it's a moot point because Saskatchewan finally released him, but let's just hypothetically say that they didn't, okay? Um, how is the league going to deal with this? Because, you, okay, so you find Garrett Marino again or you suspend him again. I mean, it wasn't a suspendable offense, so they wouldn't have suspended him for that. But they would fine him again, and it's just another fine, and it's just another fine, and it's just another fine. I think it's time that Craig Dickinson was defending his actions, especially after Jeremiah Mazzoli. I think you need to find the coach, and I, need, I think you need to find the team. If, if one of your players is continuously undisciplined and injuring other players, I think that there has to be some responsibility to the organization, and I think the coach should have been fined. And I think the team should be fined. And, I wonder and, and then if that, maybe they'll wake up. I wonder if that was part of the decision. Maybe the league stepped in and said, look, you've got two choices. You uh, release this guy, or we're finding you, him, and you guys. Could be. I don't think they can. I don't think the league can do that. Why not? Ah, I don't think they can find the the team for the the actions of a player on the field. Yeah, but there's already people saying that Ambrosi Blakely would have, you know, put out a memo to all other teams that they can't sign this guy. But you're not gonna mm-hmm. you're not gonna release that publicly because you can't. There's a, there's but, but a they have. They've done that before. They've done that to other players. Yep, they did it with Johnny Manziel when he got cut. They said we don't want this guy back. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you, we will you not know, honor any probably. contract. We would not recognize any contract signed by any other team by for this player. Yeah, all they have to be is not a so they, yeah. No, this guy's gone. He's gone. He's and, not going to play in the CFL. Well, everybody says Chris Jones is going to sign him. I don't think Chris Jones wants an undisciplined defensive lineman on his team. He doesn't want any more penalties. Yeah. You know, you can say all you want about Chris Jones, but I've never considered Chris Jones uh, a dirty like having dirty players on his team. No, no, I, I respect him. I don't think he would have signed him. So. Right now, Hamilton might. They need him. No, I think he's gone from the league. He's, it's over. So we're, we're running out of time here. We need to talk about some important things. So uh, let's get going off of this. I'm done with Der- Garrett Marino. He's a ditch pig, and I'm – Pond scum sucking ditch pig, and I'm glad he's gone from the league. Uh, Labor Day collapse. Uh, Riders head coach Craig Dickinson, is he on the hot seat for the blunderous season that they are having? Yeah. I don't like Craig Dickinson. I don't think he should be a head coach. I don't think he is a head coach. Uh, if If you take his season... His his tenure in Saskatchewan and compared to Mike Benavides' tenure in BC, they're almost identical. 
very similar. Almost identical. They take over from a winning coach. They they have a fabulous first season. Uh, Thirteen and five was Benavides. Thirteen and five was Craig Dickinson. The next season is mediocre. It's a little bit okay. It's not so good. It's closer to five hundred. The third season sucks ass, and they get fired. Benavides got fired with a winning record. Craig Dickinson is not a coach. He is driving this team into the ground. Uh, he is destroying the team that Chris Jones built, and I think he needs to be fired. He's not a head coach. He's just not a head coach. Rudy, you start this one off. Yeah. What do you think? Is, Chris, is Craig Dickinson in trouble in Saskatchewan? Should he be in trouble? No, I, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I think it all starts up top. Uh, first of all, I don't, I don't see anyone, uh, you know, I don't see anyone who could do a better job at uh, replacing him. I don't think he's really that bad of a coach. Um, I think it starts at the top. I mean, if you're looking at anyone who should be placed in this league, I think it's uh, Jeremy O'Day. You're talking about an ex-sensive uh, lineman, general manager, and he's uh, – He's failed to, failed to build a half-decent line for the last few years. And, yeah, Charles, you guys saw on BC with Mike Riley. It, it doesn't matter how good of a quarterback you have or even a mediocre quarterback. If you have no one, can't do anything. Um, I, I think the GM should be on the hot seat, not not Dickinson. Dickinson. If he had a team to work with and uh, he was still failing, then, then yeah, maybe maybe he would be in the hot seat. But I don't think he's a problem in Saskatchewan at all. I think the problem's in the, in the general manager's office. Okay. William, for our call. Yes. I I I actually I agree with uh, I agree with uh, Rudy. I think it starts with Jeremy O'Day. You can say that that um, he replaced Chris Jones, but Chris Jones was also the general manager. He got to pick his own players, okay, um, yeah. which Craig Dickinson doesn't get to do. And if you if you give me a team and you have uh, Cody Fajardo as your starting quarterback, that's your problem right there. That's a starting problem. Quarterback-driven league, you got to find a better quarterback. And he signed him to multiple years, did he not? So I, I don't think it's Craig Dickinson. And I, and I also think you're seeing the league is starting to lean towards not firing guys after two or three or four years. Once again, that's because of the Michael Shea thing. Michael Shea. Who could have been who could have been acquired in his third or fourth year, but they didn't, and they held on. And look where they are now. So maybe they're letting yeah, Dave or Craig Dickinson start a culture in, in Saskatchewan. But let's, let's look at that and in I mean, a different way. Michael, Michael Shea took over a shit team and slowly built it up into something good. Benavides and Craig Dickinson both took over really good teams and have gone backwards over three years. Huge difference in those two scenarios. Yeah, but, but the biggest difference could also be 
the biggest difference could also be that they don't get to pick their players like Chris Jones did and like Wally Buono did. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, but and, you want uh, to see guy's... some kind of progression, though, don't you? I, you're not you know what? I, I can't believe you're, you. I cannot believe you guys are so foolish to believe that the coach has no input into what teams are on his players are on his team. I cannot believe that. You you cannot. Holy holy that. holy 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 crap, CJ! Do you think? Do you think for one minute anybody on the Calgary Stampeders? has a choice of players other than John Huffnagel? Think about that yes, for one minute. Yes, I do. Yes. You're, you well, believe I, that John Huffnagel is not going to consult you Dave don't know. You don't know what you're talking about. John Huffnagel does exactly what John Huffnagel does, does, and if nobody likes it, that's too fucking bad. I don't believe that he does I not consult Dave Dickinson. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I would think yeah, no, I of a football team would 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 at least somewhat um, confer with his head coach, and, and that that's just smart business. Yeah, well, Walters Walters will talk with O'Shea, and O'Shea has a say in it, but Walters makes the final decisions. They talked about this all right, but you're still going to get input. Yeah, the, but the okay, guys, be. but. In, Yes, but in Saskatchewan, I think Jeremy O'Day is calling all the shots. Same with in Calgary. Well, I, maybe I you're right. Maybe Jeremy O'Day should, should be fired. I, I, don't, I don't see any Dickinson evidence has, Like, look at the offensive line that they've put in front of them over the past two, three years. They're terrible. And they're hardly improving. Yeah. Okay, running out of time. I'm going to move on from this one, okay? Sorry. Um, we're, uh, Charles, did you go on this? Uh, pretty much. I've been chip, uh, chipping in here and there. I mean, it's pretty much. I mean, the only thing I was going to say is maybe it's time for both of them to go and for Saskatchewan to start fresh because right now, whether it's the coach, whether it's the GM, they're not progressing. They're going in the wrong direction. And they were too quick to give big money to Cody Fajardo. And that's on the GM. But I, I think that I've got to believe he's going to at least get some input from his head coach. I, I think your problem with Saskatchewan is even higher. I think it has a lot to do with Craig Reynolds as well. Well, I, I, I don't like that guy at all. <laughs> so... I don't think anyone does right now. Moving along. Uh, We're going to jump over the power rankings just for a second. Uh, BC Lions acquired. Uh Uh-oh. Do you just go black? Apparently. Yeah, his call just dropped. Well, there's five minutes left, Charles. You want to take it over? Well, we'll take over. We'll see if he comes back. I'm not sure if he'll come back or not, but we'll take it over. So uh, I'll just go on with the um, with the one that he was actually going into, uh, which is the BC Lions acquiring uh, the special teams um, 
specialist, Terry Williams, in a trade with the Honorable Red Blacks, he became expendable uh, once they got uh, Devontae Debman back. So uh, special teams has been a sore spot this season for the BC Lions. They've had a lot of problems on special teams. Uh, so is this going to be a big help uh, for the uh, Lions special teams? What do you think, Will? Do you think this guy's going to be a, a big help for the Lions on their kick returns? Well, you know what? At the beginning of the year when Nathan Rourke was going and their defense was going, everybody was still saying that they had they had problems on special teams. And, yep. and I, I've watched this guy this year, Terry Williams, and he's played quite well. And I think he's going to do nothing but add to BC's special teams for sure. So I think it's a good Fucking trade. Fucking blog talk especially, me out. Oh, he's back. Yeah, we know. Especially, what did what did he give up for him? Nothing? Uh, they uh, gave up a third. I believe they gave up a third and a fourth round pick. In the draft. Yeah, they only have a second yeah, round pick next year. <laughs> so what we'll say that is nothing. Who cares? He bagged the football. There you go. That might okay. be more valuable. Three minutes left in the show. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Rudy, you want to go on this? What do you think? No, yeah, same thing. Yeah, I've seen his return game a little bit. Uh, he's looked pretty good so far, and I think the upgrade for BC basically all I got on it. Yep. Okay, Charles, the next thing I want to talk about here, I, I, I got a question for you, sir. What the fuck is going on with Simon Fraser? Did they change their name from the Klansman? Yes, they did. <laughs> and I wish we had more time <laughs> on this because I was absolute. yes, they did. And I really wish we had so more time called, on this. Maybe I'm going to put it on. They're now called the Red Leaf. Oh, complete utter crap. And like I said, I wish we had more time on this because I kind of want to rip them on this because this is such a ridiculous knee-jerk reaction. Uh, Obviously, they did it because of, oh, it sounds like Klan is in Ku Klux Klan, but it's spelled differently. It's got a completely different meaning. There was absolutely no reason to change this name. This is so stupid. And to top it all off, this is what they come up with, with a, for a, uh, a new name. It's a joke, and it's embarrassing. Okay, Charles, br- bring this over to the next agenda. I'm going to. I'm going to put it to next week because we need to talk more about this. We're, we're not going to talk about the power rankings, but they're, they're exactly the same, only Edmonton and Ottawa have jumped over top of Hamilton, and I don't think there's anybody in here that's going to argue with that. Um, nope. BC's holding on or to their spot right now. For now, who cares whether or not they're going to do it or not? Uh, it, power rankings don't give a shit. It, 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 it's an irrelevant. And uh, so let's close off the show here. This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 501. I'm your host, Christopher Jones. We got to talk football for two and a half hours, and it was pretty spectacular. And uh, we had some fun tonight. I enjoyed this. This show ran out. This is one of the, the episodes that I wish we had more time because uh, I could keep going for another hour. Uh, I started falling asleep a little earlier on only because I'm exhausted, but uh, I'm having fun now. Uh, 50 seconds left of the show. Rudy, say goodnight. Good to be back, everyone. Good night and watch football this uh, weekend.
Great games. Banjo Bowl coming up. BC gets to play again. Uh, Charles, you you talk. Good night, folks. Enjoy this weekend's games, and we will talk to you next week. You know, I, I don't understand. We're, we're doing a sign-off right now. Rudy gets a sign-off, and then he hangs up. The reason why I put Will oh. at the end is because he does that. Will, go ahead. Say good night. Well, good night, everybody. Watch football this weekend. And just imagine... 